Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about why do you need another edition of oh. a game, of course. Because a gamer must have all editions. Okay, so the honest answer is we don't, right? <laughs> unless, the, unless a, 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 let's say, a new game, a first edition game. Only Every first, time there's which, a new game, it's going to be well, the first edition. Which is only a first edition if they ever make a second edition, so... Space Opera doesn't have a second edition. So why make a a second edition? I think the main reason why is because to fix big problems with the first edition, either in the game mechanic or or setting-wise. Now, setting-wise, usually, why do you have to fix the setting? But definitely game mechanics is a big problem, right? If you... Things just don't work right. There wasn't enough playtesting or not that I care about it, but imbalances in the game, right? Those are problems that... That might make it, uh, what is it, deemed that a new edition or a second edition is necessary. It's like when you go somewhere and you get, they're giving you a program and inside the program they have errata because oh, things yes. have changed. Or they made mistakes. Right? Yeah, or there were mistakes in the original program. So I can understand this. If you look at D&D, there's original D&D. Yes. Where you had to have a caller. Well, and, yes. you, and you had to to uh, draw out your, your a mapper and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> And then they had, they was AD and D the same way, pretty much. They adjusted some of the things though, right? Oh yeah, to, they changed. To, they the, changed the, stuff. the rules changed, right? Well, remember, well, if you think about it, we've talked about this before. Gary Gygax and Dave Anderson, when they first came out with D and D, it was, it was, uh, it was the first, well, it was the first published role playing game, and they hadn't, uh, you know. They were treading new ground. I mean, it's not like they had uh, another game to look at. In fact, you know, I've told you how other games mimicked the the model of the original D and D. You know, uh, making it a box set, making using those three little books and stuff like that. You know, Traveler did exactly the same thing, and it's a totally different company. So D and D, they had advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Well, because in regular in the box original D and D, you could only go up to like tenth level, right? And there were some inherent problems with that game, right? They had some weird mechanics, like you know, dwarves were limited in, in certain levels. They couldn't go up, you know, higher in certain levels and stuff like that. And advanced D&D kind of, you know, you know, jazzed it up too. You know, that they went from these little books to these big hardcover books with better art. You know, the original D&D. If you look at the art, I think you know. Well, they, it was drawn and mimeographed, or it was drawn by probably by one of Gary's kids. You know, this, this. even if it was, it was just drawn. It wasn't. It wasn't color and stuff. So. Well, there was no color in, right. in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons either. Well, so then is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons considered an addition, or is it just? Oh a, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely a different set of rules. So and they there's Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and then what's the next one? Is it? The second edition? They or came out with second edition. I, I, which I see, never, I've never heard I about second edition because Saul went straight to third edition. Right. From Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Right. So they changed the rules, though, for third edition, right? They changed, not the rules, but they added things. and. I think second edition is like going from third edition to 3.5. It wasn't a it wasn't a revamp of a revamp of a lot of the rules. In fact, I think they just clarified things. They added the character classes, but like I said, I've never played Second Edition. I don't own any of the Second Edition books. I never looked at Second Edition, which is an amazing thing in and of itself. But I he think doesn't they, own they them. came out with Thaco, which was really important, which means to hit armor class zero. That's what Thaco means, or something like that, which eliminated the use 
the need for a, a in, in um, an American in a D and D Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. You needed a chart to tell you if you hit or not, right? Whatever chart I needed, I would just write it on my character sheet. I would write what I needed to hit armor class one through ten through negative whatever. Because as as you start at armor class ten and went up, uh, I've been so long I forgot. But they call it they had negative armor classes. Like you had negative one, negative two, negative three, and those were the best armor classes you can have. They call it descending armor class, I think. My eyes are blazing over. And and now people hate that. You know, they go, "Oh, that doesn't make sense." Blah blah blah. And you know, and when I was, you know, when I was eleven or twelve, thirteen, I had no problem understanding it, right? And you know, I don't care if it made sense. That negative one is better than ten armor class, right? So there you go. So that was a so that's a different. That's one of the reasons you would do it, right? Right. I don't think there's a huge difference between Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and Second Edition. Years passed by. I don't know how many years, but Third Edition came out right around 2000, and it was totally different, right? In a certain sense, they had all these. They added feats. They actually used skills. I think Second Edition tried to integrate skills, but eh, I don't know if it worked very well. But definitely, skills mattered in D and D in Third Edition, right? They matter in Fifth Edition. If you have athletics and and lock picking or back back yes. third edition had all kinds of different skills and they then certainly after, cur- curtailed all those skills by fifth edition after after third edition what happened because then they released something called 3.5 was that when pathfinder came out no no so three point so third edition came out and there were some problems i guess with the number crunching and all that other stuff so they came out 3.5. So I came 3.5 to like Advanced Dungeons Dragons and Second Edition. They kind of fixed the, some errors and stuff in 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 the third to 3.5. And then there's the dreaded stepchild, the redheaded stepchild. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Some of us resemble. Uh, that I should say stepchild. The black sheep of the editions is fourth edition. So I think which what some people really like. Some people really like. So what people say about fourth edition since i never played it is what is that it was catering to the video game people right if you played world of warcraft or those type of games then that's what it was built toward for why did they why why did they change it so much was it to attract different people i i don't honestly i don't know so there's a lot of reasons for having different editions yes there's different editions right uh, and when did Pathfinder come out? So three point five, three point five came out. Then they said, then they said they weren't going to support that anymore. That that three point five version version. They moved on to fourth edition, which wasn't uh, what is it called? Then they have the open gaming license, right? So open gaming license came out with three point zero or third edition, which you know people say now is like a huge thing, because what it did is if you didn't write anything that in, that was included in the in the player's handbook can publish something with the d20 logo which and you can publish anything you want whether it be a setting whether it be a, a, a rules additions and stuff like that uh the problem with that is people went gonzo and you know just look uh, you can find roll d20 books everywhere in the bargain bin right because it was just what basically started was there was, there was no what do you call it there was no not checks and balances, but there was no review process, right? Anybody could come up with something as long as they included the open gaming license, you know, legal jargon on the on somewhere in the book, and they didn't include any rules from the player's handbook. 
they could come up with anything, right? So there was a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. I'll just say that, and there was a lot of it. There was a ton of it. So 3.5 came out fixing those those rules in three and three third edition, and then they went away from the open gaming license. They said, well, we I think it wasn't such the a good people idea. People went crazy. So they came out with fourth edition, which for whatever reason wasn't very well received by the general gaming community, and you can tell this by the fact that Pathfinder came out came from the publisher of Paizo. Now Paizo was 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 did the Dragon Magazine and Dungeon Magazine, which which did stop they stopped publishing. But Paizo goes, oh, we'll we'll cont- we'll make those people who still want to play three point five, we'll give you a three point five like rule set. So they came out with Pathfinder, which people loved. Right, we played Pathfinder for ages, and the boys thought it was the best thing in yes. the world because. It ha- it was as crunchy as oh, you wanted God. it to be. They came up with, you know, you take a five foot step and and blah blah blah. Lot, and they lot, told me for for twenty minutes what was going to happen before. A I lot did. of that came from three point three point oh, right? right? All those rules and stuff. Except what Pathfinder did was it fixed a lot of those problems and made things make se- a little bit more sense. It was really balanced and it was a complete core book. It had, all you needed was that one book and it had everything. Of course, it came out with monster manuals. Of and course, everything else. came out. Yeah. But then. And what's even more important is that Pathfinder was kicking D&D's ass, right? Uh, fourth edition, they were outselling fourth edition tons by a huge margin. I played in fourth edition game for a couple of sessions with one of the kids. Oh, I uh, Ian know. ran it. Oh. I think you were off doing some, something else. And, wow. and it really was like playing a, a real strong hero, right? You were up against gods and you were really powerful and Well that might have been Ian's deal. And it was it was interesting. It was it was definitely not Pathfinder or D and D where you're a first level character kind and of it, and, it, and and those uh what is it? Those D and D board games mm-hmm. you know where like Drizzit and yeah. Dirt, it kinda of mimics that kind of thing because you have all kinds of you have healing surges, right? Yeah. So you were a really beast. So some up people characters. really like that. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't want to play a beefed up character? Like, so some people like they'll say in D and D, I don't, I don't play anything less. I don't start the game at at first level. I start them at third level because first level is too weak. Okay, whatever, dude, whatever. It's fine with me. So those editions and stuff like that, you know, they make sense. But what the problem I have is I have third edition books. I have three point five books. I have, I have all kinds of editions. He has everything. I have Pathfinder that sat there for a while, which I should probably get rid of. Probably not, because if you, as soon as you get rid of it, the boys will want to go back to it. <laughs> anyway, so so edition. Do we really need all these editions? Well, the answer is no, right? Well, I don't know. Fifth edition came out, and D and D had a resurgence. Well, uh, for them, it's for the publisher. It was a good idea, right? Because they were losing the Paizo. Well, also for for people, because they changed a lot of things, right? They they took into consideration socially social changes, yes. right? They took into consideration role playing changes. Yes. So, and they and they updated the art. Yes. They did all kinds of things that I think gamers had been wanting. Some gamers, maybe not all of them, not the old school guys, but the. In that sense, you're right. I agree that people who who were not happy with fourth edition and were not happy with fourth edition, they're like, no, that that's not the game. That's not D and D to me. A lot of people were like, just. There's all kinds of reasons why I don't want to get into edition wars, but a lot of people weren't happy with fourth edition. And if you like fourth edition, you play fourth edition. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. But the the deal is, is that it wasn't. It was losing to Paizo. Right. It was losing to Pathfinder. And when I I started playing online, Pathfinder was the number one game played, and D and D fourth edition was a distant fifth or sixth game. 
and 3.5 and 3.0 were the were like right behind Pathfinder, which tells you that fourth edition was not accepted by the majority of gamers playing who played D&D. That's who you care about. So in this sense, fifth edition made sense because right. D&D was was failing for the company for the company sense. not yeah. for the players players could play d 3.5 or whatever they wanted in fact you still can hey i know people who still play a d and d right there's original, a lot of them original i mean not original but uh, and original but uh, original is kind of hard to get because it's those books are expensive and they're out of print but you know you could well so is a d and d but i think you could buy play it's not in print but you can buy the pdf but people can. The thing is, you can play any edition you want. There's no reason to move up to the next edition if you don't want to. Classic example for me was and is currently. I really like the One Ring, which is a Middle Earth role playing game, and uh, they were gonna come out with a second edition. Now I can understand why some people don't like it. It's really weird. It's really different. The combat system and all this other stuff. The way things work. Don't like what the edition. They don't like the way the, the, the system works, oh. right? So I think they were going to try to revamp that in the second edition. They were changing things. But they had some issues. What they did, instead of kickstarting, they do a pre-order. You know, Modifius does a pre-order. Order, uh, and this the game company that owned it or was publishing the One Ring was called Cubicle 7. So so they were they said, we're going to publish it. We're going to come up with a second edition. And now they announced this probably beginning of the summer. And all through the summer, they were taking the... Uh, uh, Pre-orders. pre-orders and a lot of people pre-ordered i guess you know I, I i thought about it but i'm like you know what i'll just buy the game when it comes out right because he pre-orders a lot of crap i don't pre-order i don't think and i, I don't mean crap i mean a lot of stuff right like i think the only thing i pre-ordered was star trek alien oh alien yes but that's great shall game. i continue no, there's only two games go ahead give me another one I'm sure there's another one. I just can't think of it right now. So you, they pre-ordered, you know, and I, and I was thinking, and another reason that I didn't buy into the pre-order was I'm like, I'm really happy with the way it is, right? The the, the yeah. one ring. I'm perfectly happy with the system. You were like, well, do we need a second edition? So, yeah. Do we need a second edition? Now, of course, you know, they entice you and, and they were putting out, you know, a little bit of information about what the second edition had. And another thing was the art. The art was looking fantastic. Now, I don't usually buy role-playing games for the art, but damn, this art is really good. And that's the thing about Cubicle 7 and Modifius and Free League now, because they start publishing their own stuff, is that their art is really neat. I mean, it's really fantastic. So that's pretty cool. You know, and now nowadays, game books have full-color art in, in their whole book not just because i remember riffs riffs a long time ago and even even shadow run they had uh, uh in the middle they had color pages you know the nice glossy right. color pages but only for like 10 pages because it's more expensive of course and so the rest of it was just regular i wouldn't say regular paper like copy paper but so go was, back to the one ring now so the one ring so what i'm saying is that things changed so now the one ring looked like it was going to have great art and stuff like that but then all of a sudden, they put out this thing saying, "Well, we have a problem. We are we have con- contractual issues, issues, and we're not going to publish this second edition, right?" So like, oh man! So everybody was going to blame uh, sophisticated games, sophisticated games. Who? So I don't know. I'm not. I don't know a lot about. <laughs> so I don't know anything about contracts. I'm not a lawyer. Any of that. And I really, I don't understand. From what I understand. Is sophisticated games owns the license, but they are like a creator. You know, they're creative, and they have 
other people publish things for them. The publisher was Cubicle 7. So, so, so they Cubicle 7 comes out saying, we're not going to be, be able to do it. It's a con- contractual problem <laughs> or disagreement, they said. And we would love to do it, but we can't. So Sophisticated Games came out with a thing saying, well, you know, don't count the second edition out. They knew that they were being blamed for a second edition not coming out. People were unhappy, and they were saying, well, it's not our fault either, kind of. So nobody really knows what's going on, except the people that pre-ordered are out, you know, whatever they pre-order, right? Because, you know, of course, you pre-order, you know, you have the book, which costs 60 bucks, whatever. Then you have dice and GM screens and all these things that entice you to pre-order. And now that company has to give all that money back. Or what they did is, look, we're going to give you 125% of anything in our gaming catalog of, you know, of the money. So if you have $100, used to give us $100, you get to spend $125. Fine. You know, because... Giving up these companies are not huge, right? Giving up all that cash—it's always hard to give back cash, yes. especially in large sums. Yes, and not only that, but Cubicle Seven is kind of out because they had already worked on it, right? You could see the work that they had, the, right? The the artists had worked, you know, because they were putting out art. You know, so they had to point. pay all those people. I'm sure, or yeah. you know, they or did. they stiffed them. You know, no, they sucks. wouldn't. No, you know, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't know about that. So that is the second edition debacle that had us has occurred again. Do I really want or need a second edition? No, I'm perfectly happy playing the One Ring in the edition. But I'm sure there's lots of people that did want a second. Obviously, because they they pre-ordered it. There's other things like um, Shadowrun. <laughs> then yes. the editions, right? Yes, they have, well they're on sixth edition now. Yes. Which people hate. Some but, people hate. But you were telling me and about about the changes in. Not only the okay. actual changes yes. in Shadowrun oh, yes. and ideas about why, and I can see why they needed some new additions because yes. when they started the game, things weren't the way they are today, right? Yeah, it was weird that. And when did they f- pub- first publish it? 1985, I think. Yeah, it was. so 1985 or 83. We did not have cell phones. If we did, they were like huger than. No, they were. 85, there was no cell phones. There weren't cell phones. At least first cell phones were 1991 with those big old bricks. I believe in 1985, I think we still had a, a TRS-80 computer in our house. Wow. Uh, one of the first one of the first computers with, you know, like 16, what is it? KBs? Kilobytes. Kilobytes. Yes. Because my brother was a, was a, was a, a big, he, we, we put in Early programs. We, we put in programs and we had magazines with programs and we had to find bugs and stuff. Okay, so, so in that sense, that's uh, the, I, uh, that's why I, I wrote down setting. In that sense, Shadowrun was like, you know, was forecasting what the future was like. They had this thing called the Matrix. Now, the internet did not exist the way it does now in 1985 or I think it might have been uh, earlier, 1983. And if it did exist, it was nothing like it no, is now. Well, the internet was, was a, was, a few colleges across the United States, I think it's just the United States, and maybe a couple of governmental institutions that were connected to each other. And you, you know, can you imagine? You know, it was like DOS, right? So you connect each other, you wrote each other, it was like email. Some people don't know what DOS is, sweetie. Oh, uh, DOS was the operating system. That's all I'm saying. Literally, it would come up as a, a green screen or a blue screen. And, or, screen was also and, and then you had to just, you literally had to type based. in commands yes. to get things to happen. Right. So, that was the internet. So they they foresaw the you know, matrix. The matrix, right? And that they you know they, they I'm, I'm sure they ripped off a couple. There's Sci-fi one, books. One, one guy, one particular, Will, William Gibson, right? He talks about 
because he talks about the I think he calls it the Matrix maybe or something else. But he wrote Neuromancer, and so he, which was a future you know futuristic novel, and he invented more or less cyberpunk, right? That whole genre that these guys are stealing data, and that's important, and they carry that data in their brain or in in literally they take a cord in and plug themselves into yes. the matrix right into the matrix which was a which was an idea back then yes now you don't have to do that so cyberpunk i mean so shadowrun and cyberpunk had that thing where you where you can you know go into this virtual reality i remember i read this article over that william gibson the writer of neuromancer was complaining that basically shadowrun stole his ideas and you know and i, I don't think he sued you know, but but he himself said, "Well, I'm I've stolen all kinds of ideas from other things, other authors. So why would I sue Shadowrun?" Anyway, so Shadowrun had this game, first edition, came out. And you plug in into the Matrix and hackers, hackers had these cyber decks that helped them. You know, uh, what is it? It was a little machine that that helped them. What is it? Transfer or translate the information from the internet to something that the brain could use, right? So they literally jacked in. They had, you know, little plugs on their brain or, or somewhere else, and they would literally jack into the internet, and then they would go into hyper, the, the Matrix. That's pretty cool, right? It was super cool back oh, in 1985. Oh, very cool, because that was, like, the future, right? And then, you you know, in the in your mind, you're in the Matrix going through. You see, you know, a, a, a representation. Like the movie The Matrix. Like the movie <laughs> The Matrix. You see a representation of, of the world. And, you know, you see databases as buildings and stuff like that. And so that was pretty cool, right? Second edition comes out. They I don't know what second edition was about, but they revamped some, some rules. Third edition comes out. Well, now we have cell phones. Okay. So there's there was hardly any cell phones <laughs> or stuff in Shadowrun. I, at least I don't remember. But then the big deal was Wi-Fi, right? Wi-Fi comes along. And I still remember a long time ago. And the Internet, too. The internet explodes, right? That everybody uses the internet, and so and then Wi-Fi comes out too. And I remember a long time ago there was this article written by somebody who who was the head of a of a huge banking a bank, and they're like, "No, we're never gonna connect to the internet. That would open us up for such intrusion that it's, our information is too valuable. We couldn't do that. We won't do that." And as you know, today you can take your smartphone and go onto your account <laughs> on at Bank of America or any other bank and move money, do all kinds of stuff, right? So it was funny that third or fourth edition, that's how they dealt. I think it was third edition or I think pretty sure or even fourth edition. I think it was third edition. That's how they dealt with that situation. They're going, you know, people were complaining. Going, Why are you having people jack in still when... Obviously, wireless communication is available or wireless internet or Wi-Fi is available. And their answer was mimicked the same answer that one early non-adopter of the internet connectivity of that CEO who said, and they said, well, it's not secure enough. They're not going to open themselves up. They're going to have internal, what do you call it? An intranet, they call them. Yes. And not, not connect that to the internet. internet because that would open themselves up to cyber uh, attacks. To hacking, hacking and breaching, you know, all kinds and of things. You hear it all the time, right? You know, the, that's that stupid, uh, uh, what is it? The, the people who give you the, the your credit numbers, they hack into that. 
oh, we lost. We got everybody's like, data has been exposed. Not everybody, <laughs> but it was funny because at first it was like, oh, it's ten million. Oh, it actually, it's forty-three million. One hundred fifty-three million people got hacked, right? And their information's out there. So, so the uh, world has changed. So the right? world has changed. So, so, and that was the kind of stuff that they were worried about. But they figured, oh, we can fight cyber hacking with our own and if security you, measures. If you think about it, that's the way that that it was in the 90s right the banks were not quite buying into the yeah. whole internet thing and a lot of corporations were like you know we can't we can't have that and nowadays we're in 20 almost 2020 and you, you we have alexa and google they listen to our conversations <laughs> the nsa doesn't have a hard time knowing what we're talking about because everybody knows everything yes. my smart tv listens to me it turns itself on sometimes in the corner and it says it says it's listening to you <laughs> so i'm like going okay so it's a different world right it's yes. more like shadow run not not in the, the magical sense but it's like shadow run in the sense that you really are connected to everything yes. and everybody can see what you are doing or hear what you're doing in a way that that in the night in 1983 1985 that was not the way it was well it's like facebook right facebook has a has is a huge company and they were doing that what that face face like do something with your face like you could you could sign on with your face or something like that mm -hmm. facial and recognition facial recognition and then what happened was is that they go well you know if you do that on Facebook you're basically giving your likeness of, to everybody to everybody right and then so and they stopped that no I don't know if they stopped that oh. but anyway so some people don't care right they're like oh, I don't give a crap so things have changed it's 2020 cyberpunk 2020 right. That was the name of the cyberpunk. That was the name of the game RPG. It was the alternative to Shadowrun because Shadowrun was a mix of magic and technology. Cyberpunk was pure sci-fi. Yeah, it was cyberpunk. It was William Gibson's take on or the RPG take on William Gibson's, you know, future. And we're in 2020, and we're not quite exactly where Cyberpunk 2020 was. So, but so what? Well, because I mean, we don't actually have to attach our body to the quite, Matrix or we're whatever. Not quite there to virtual reality, right? Right. We're but virtual reality has taken way more steps in the last couple of years than than it had before. Than it had before. A lot of people had said, you know, virtual reality is like. One, one of the guys at work who's a gamer guy he's not a, a, a role play guy but he's a gamer guy he got gamer a computer gamer yeah, yes yeah. he got um a, one of the 399 what is it off oculus Rift? oculus oculus quest i believe yeah it is. and and it was so cool because he he brought it to work and our friend our, our graphic designer put it on because she wanted to know and you set out this little boundary so you don't run into stuff right because once <laughs> you put on those things they have two different things where you're in the world and then once you get closer to the walls that you've set up as a protection you can kind of see both outside and inside i mean real life and yes and virtual the matrix. yeah <laughs> so and she was like she'd picked a paint program to do and she was having a blast and she's sitting there walking or she's standing there walking in a square <laughs> doing all these things and the guys the sales guys in my office are you know they're in their 50s and they're going what are you doing? And she's yeah. like, this is so cool. And it's a generational thing, right? They're like, I wouldn't do that. That just, you look oh, really? silly. Yeah. And I'm like, going, wow. well, these are, they're sales guys, right? Well, I don't know what that means. They would, they, they're, they're not, they're not gamers. They're, you know, practical guys. They're fuddy duddies. Well, they're, they're not really fuddy duddies. Fuddy duddy. They don't want to try virtual reality. Did you even put on the headset? No, no. Well, that's, that's great. That, that's and, a grognard. 
We went to, <laughs> even when was it, uh, 2017 when we went to the Silicon Valley Comic Con? Oh, yeah. And who's the guy who runs Oculus? Well, Oculus Rift was a company, and then they got bought out by Facebook. Oh, did they? Yeah. Uh, but we saw the guy, well, I don't remember what his name was, well, but he we, was talking to Steve Wozniak, yes. and we were we were listening to it. And it was amazing, this idea of augmented reality versus virtual, virtual reality. Versus virtual reality. And just the, the thought to me that you could wear these glasses. And I, I know that the Google glasses haven't taken off. And there's a couple other glasses that the reviews aren't so great because it's having an augmented reality as you're walking, right? You would think, and that's what you think of when you see sci-fi movies, right? You can, you have what's going on in your, in, you know, you in have a, like a, in, in real life over here and you're walking down the street and you can be in your own little augmented reality right well augmented reality usually is like it just like the news is flashing yes, or or yeah. you know what's going on a really and, cool uh, movie is minority report uh because it's a little like, scary but well, yeah. yeah yeah the the non-future future crime part yeah right where where the well tom cruise is walking through the mall and they're and doing it, ads directly at ads him directly, hey john whatever his name was jack whatever his name was you haven't been to our store, and you're, I think your wife needs a new this and that. Because track, you're tracked, right? You're that, tracked today. Is, is, there's a, there, there is literally a, a refrigerator that tells you when you're running out of milk and stuff like that, right? <laughs> right? Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and, you, and, and, it'll, and it'll, it will order you stuff when it thinks it's okay so you would have to actually set all that up right of course there's a setup right but after you set it up like oh i I go through a gallon of milk once a week right it'll tell it'll order a gallon of milk online and safeway or slaveway or whatever will come by and and deliver your milk and all the groceries that your refrigerator ordered because it's i'm running low on milk so we've 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 moved into a technological world that Shadowrun didn't foresee and or even necro not necromancer Oh, that's a different game. Uh, Neuromancer is that what? Neuromancer it was? was a movie. Was a movie. Uh, Neuromancer was a book. Yeah. Yes, William. William Gibson. Yes, um, they didn't. Where, they didn't see where we were going to be in actual right. 2020. Well, right? He didn't, detect, he didn't. He didn't pick up on Wi-Fi either. Right. So Wi-Fi really changed things because now that we were talking about that. So in this in this case, the setting dictated that you need a new edition because. It doesn't make any sense for you to physically have to jack into places. And we're playing um, Shadowrun 5th Edition with teenage boys, right? right? And the idea jacking in would not have been something. They, they would just go, why would you do that? Yeah, <laughs> you well, got your why? cell phone. You got a computer wi- right wireless. here. I'll go wireless. So now they have wireless. You still have a cyber deck, I think, in, yeah. in, in Shadowrun. But it's wireless, right? And so it's it. So in that sense, the edition was had to come out or had to accept changes in reality right wireless why don't you have wireless things in your your game it and it didn't have to to but i think it did to ignore reality that much is yeah i don't know what you'll do the hardcore people would still play it but the new if you want to get new players right Right. like teenage teenagers or something they're going to look at it and go i don't understand how this can be the future if we've surpassed the technology already that's what dictated the new right edition is that and if you haven't played Shadowrun fifth edition or now i guess sixth edition i don't know what they've changed but it's a very crunchy game but the kids love it so and by kids i mean from the the 16 year olds to the 60 year olds (laughs) so (laughs) as a gm i don't necessarily like it that much but it is really it is fun i love me and jolene you know she got me back into Shadowrun because 
we she found the books at a at a garage at a flea at market, a flea market a gamer flea market at it that a local game store puts on and she comes to me and goes have you heard of this game I no go, I, oh. I go i think you have this game but have you seen these yes no yeah you go do you have this game and i'm going oh yeah it's shadow run she goes because the books are the the art is amazing right and if you read the back of it, it's like whoa it's very cool well, and the whole the whole mytho- mythos yes. mythology ideas of bringing back the old magic and right. stuff like the that awakening is yeah. like is is it is an amazing thing. And then these these things they bring back are are crazy. So yes. pretty so. fun game. So in this in this case, the setting dictated that you needed a new edition because right. the old rules had been left behind because of advancements in technology in the real world. Right. And and you would be looking, you would, you'd be, and what is it, anachronistic? You'd be look, playing this game, and, and it's like, well, I'm playing the future, but... But it's the, not really the but future. But the future is... The future is less... Something must have happened. Technologically <laughs> advanced than the reality, right? And so you don't want to look dumb and, you know... Well, and then I think the last thing, and you talked a little bit about art, D&D 5th edition. Okay. If you look at the... Not only the art, but the the social social aspects of it. They changed the wording. Yes. They changed the art so that the so you know there's not a chainmail bikini woman running around barbarian running around right now she's got full mo- full armor and right. you know those the idea the the social ideas of the way that women are viewed and and the way that all people are viewed have have adjusted right. Well, the fact that they they use female pronouns in in describing game mechanics and throughout the game. So, so those are things that I can see that you would want to have a, another edition because when you go back and you read the original D and D, and they're telling you that a woman's strength can only be this much and <laughs> and different things like that, that's gonna piss off some people, right? That's gonna that's gonna go. I mean, the grognards and the old guys that the the original players are going to go, well, that's the way it was then. And I understand that as a historian, but as a woman, I want to be able to do the same things that you're doing. I don't want there to be a, a difference. I can be as strong. And you see it. Women bodybuilders are stronger than Saul. I mean, you know, in, in real life, hey, there's hey, a lot of people that everything, you know, women do everything men do and they do a lot of it better. So there you go. So, so I think that's really cool that the addition caught up to the times. Whether it's Shadowrun switching to Wi-Fi or Fifth Edition D and D. Not having chairman bikinis. Yes. Yeah, socially and technologically, uh, advances have made have been made, and and the addition had to catch up and it had to change. So you are right, and it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense that you would want to be more inclusive, right? Because because they are publishing books and they publish books because you know, to sell, to make money. So I, I did have uh, you know, something in my notes about cash, a cash grab, right? People, oh, that's just a cash grab by the company to sell more books. Well, duh, yeah, they need to make more money. You know, the, why, why would you come up with a new edition? You know, there's there's all kinds of, other than that, you know, a little bit less, you know, uh, what is Cerebral? It? Yeah, cerebral is, is fading interest, right? Uh, a lot of times games, as they get older, you know, people are looking at newer games, and and they stop playing older games. You know, that's just just what well, happens. Because everybody likes the shiny thing, right? True. So fading interest. There's also the you know people need to make money. Publishers. Uh, a lot of new editions infuse new content uh, that they hadn't thought of or didn't have the money to to include in the original books. Uh, advance the setting. That that was like the uh, the dungeon. I mean, Shadowrun. 
So I think Shadowrun and D&D give you reasons why new additions were sort of necessary for totally different reasons. But honestly, you don't need to buy the new edition, right? You could, I, know, I could play Space Opera, well, because there's no second edition Space Opera. <laughs> but I, I mean, I could play Space Opera and not worry about anything, right? Because if, you know, if they came out with a new edition today, I could still play original Space Opera. Maybe the new edition wouldn't have your... 250,000 charts that you have to figure out what you're rolling and where you're hitting and that uh, might appeal to a newer generation but even not even if not space opera is cool the way it is yeah. first editions are fine um you can change your setting yourself you can take the some new new ideas and put them in right yeah advance the setting yourself yeah exactly for example you know if you're playing Shadowrun and you're trying to figure out well okay Shadowrun Shadowrun might be the exception <laughs> to the rule cuz even the 5th edition I've read parts of that book a lot of times, and I still don't know what it yes. means. <laughs> I remember reading a magic part at least five times. I'm like, I'm playing a magic user, and I've read it, it, and I had to go online and listen to people tell me. I had this one guy. He draws. I uh, maybe I'll find it for Saul so he can put it in the notes. But he draws these little stick figures and tells you what to do. <laughs> and he was very, very helpful to oh, me yeah, that because guy's really good. because it's it's very complicated. So yes. so sometimes you know. Even if you update the editions, it it's not down on the, the hard one. But I don't know. I haven't tried the sixth edition. I don't know how crunchy it is. But anyway, so new editions, yeah, it's up to you whether you want to dive into them or not. I think uh, in case like Shadowrun, it was pretty important to update the setting because <laughs> you know jacking in just didn't make any much sense, and the uh, the whole idea that they would want to keep safe because you know. Because you wouldn't want to still open up to the internet is bogus. Because, right? Look at our situation now. Well, in D and D fifth edition, just the fact that they they were losing out to somebody right. else. But look at what it's done to the to oh, the new people coming in to play the game. And it's exploded, right? Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And and for whatever reason, uh, the fifth edition, you know, uh, was a was the right choice to to do to put out. You know, it's brought in a lot of gamers. You know, and a lot of it could be just the the the, the times the we live times, in. <laughs> the times we live in. You know, Critical Role is huge, and they were using Fifth Edition. That might have something to do with it. You know, they raised you know twelve million dollars for their for their cartoon or animated series that they came out with. Coming out with, you know, I think Amazon decided to buy it or public do it. So th that's a huge influx of cash. D and D's hot. You have p actors, you know, playing D and D Fifth Edition. You know, that guy Mangolia, whatever his name, the guy who was in True Blood. You have, you know, uh, all kind, you know, different actors. You know, Vin Diesel's played. You know, uh, Colbert, the guy on on night on night nighttime television. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dork. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. The Late Show. The Late Show. <laughs> Whatever, but anyway, so it's huge. It, you know, I'm not sure that the the edition itself, just because it came out, is why it's so huge. But but there were things that happened at the same time. But it was definitely yeah, definitely lo losing to Pathfinder, and now it's clobbering Pathfinder. Pathfinder now just recently came out with the second edition, so I haven't delved into Pathfinder yet. But we got all the old Pathfinder. Yeah, books I wonder how compatible I, they are. Yeah, let. That's another, you know, $300 of books that 
I'm not so you you can buy later when the kids decide oh, no, they want to do I that. I think like I said a lot of people are real happy with fifth edition, and uh, though Augustine has mentioned something about Pathfinder, of I course, because you know it's new and shiny. <laughs> no, no, the old one. So if you um, are looking, if you're trying to figure out why there's all these editions and why guys have guys, girls, everybody has why gamers, why gamers have all these different editions. There's some reasons. The important thing is that you don't have to buy a new edition, but sometimes either because of society or technological advances, you know, it makes sense. Like I said, in Shadowrun to get the fifth edition at the time, not sixth edition because third edition <laughs> didn't have Wi-Fi. So, you know, stuff like that doesn't make sense. It makes sense to, to use a new edition that has the rules for that stuff in it. Ultimately, it's a personal decision, but... <laughs> But we gave you some reasons why yeah. there are other editions. Yeah. So. And why you would want buy one and not buy one. So this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul. Angeline. Yeah, and Saul was rambling a bit there. 